Welcome to Food Friends. I'm Carrie. And I'm Sonia. We met in Los Angeles over 15 years ago as private chefs and haven't stopped talking about food since. We created Food Friends to share our stories and recipes with each other and you. We're so glad you're here. We've reached the end of season one of the Food Friends podcast, and we've got a really lovely episode for you. We're wrapping up with a two-part finale where I go to Portland to visit Sonia. This episode captures the anticipation of seeing one another. What will I bring to share with her? What plans is she making for us while I'm in town? What will we eat? What will we cook? All of it. What's fun about this episode is how we build excitement and anticipation as we debate how to spend the trip together. Keep listening for part one of the Food Friends season finale. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Sonia. Well, today's a little bit of an experiment because we decided to record this very real-time conversation because you're finally visiting me. Not finally. You've been here before. But finally, I'm since we started the podcast, you have yet to have seen me in Portland. So this is exciting. It's very exciting. And I, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, I'm nervous. What are you nervous about? I'm nervous because when you came to visit me a couple months ago in LA, you brought me so many beautiful things. Like your grandmother's pastry um, and like all these special treats from Portland. And I feel a little bit like I'm coming up a little short on like special treats for you. And I'm coming up short on like what's a comp to your grandmother's pastry that I can bring for you. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Also, like here's my perspective. When I was coming to you, you were so generously letting me stay in your house for a full week. You had made me soup. You had saved your mom's Chex Mix. You had you took me out to a lavish, incredible meal. You were incredibly de- generous. And then you fed me many other times in addition to that very special meal out. And I've also been like, oh my God, like, can I take Carrie to lavish like special meal? Am I cooking for her? Like maybe we both need to let each other off the hook. I don't, I don't think of, (laughs) and we have different things to offer. So, you know, when I was coming to you, I was like, I'm just going to bring Carrie what I can offer as a sign of my excitement and appreciation, but your presence too. And I know how you are and you're just one of the most generous people on the planet. You don't have to bring me anything. Well, I guess part of me is I just want to show up as beautifully as you did. And part of what obviously what connects us is like this love of food and this language of connection through food. And so, you know, having you make this Hubbard squash pastry that your grandmother made and having you bring it to my house and we got to eat it together, like that was, there's just no price on that. There's no price on that thoughtfulness. As I kind of confess a lot on this podcast, I'm actually not as much of a baker as it's not really my joy point. Yeah. I can make a chocolate chip cookie, but you make the chocolate chip cookie. And, <laughs> but, okay. You know, yes. And so I'm just kind of like, what are the things that I can bring? And so I was just thinking about, I was also just thinking about how we can cook together when we're at your house and, you know, you're generously hosting me. And I'm thinking about the last time that I stayed with you, you know, sitting on your couch, drinking tea or coffee and hanging out with your cats. Just spending time together is what I'm really looking forward to. 
Isn't it funny how hard we can all be on ourselves? Because also I'm like, you know, I don't feel this way in this moment, but last week I was like, is Carrie going to be comfortable here? You know, her house is so nice. Like you have an incredible guest suite. My my guest room is also my office. And I'm like, is that going to be okay? I also know you've been here before. It's not even like that you've never been here before. And you're not even the kind of person who needs to be at like necessarily, you know, whatever the most lavish setting. But we forget how our own offerings, our own space, are are so special special, no matter what they are. Yeah. I actually went back and was kind of looking at the pictures of of what we did last time because I remember I was like, oh, I remember we went to that ice cream place, which I think it's called 40 Licks, right? 50 Licks. Yeah. Clicks. Yeah. Okay. And then we went to have pizza. I was like, these are the things I want to do again. But within that time range of looking at pictures, I was also looking at pictures of Matt and like how little he was and how insane of a human he was. And what I remember remembered was how well I slept at your house. (laughs) I got such amazing sleep at your house and it was so necessary for me to fill my cup before I went back to my insane child. And, you know, it was obviously just part of his age and we had also just moved and there was just so many things happening in our life in that moment. So coming to see you was such a beautiful moment of friendship and just also a moment of me like just being on my own and getting to be the old version of me, not the raising a small child version of me. God, there's so many ways we each perceive and experience things. Yeah. I remember because you came on Mother's Day weekend yes. and I remember feeling so special that you would give up your Mother's Day experience with your family to come visit me. But in retrospect, this is also good for us all to remember like those gifts we give ourselves, those trips we give ourselves are as meaningful as some of the other things like that maybe society or culturally are deemed important. Totally. And that's like how I wanted to spend my Mother's Day was with you, you know, and it's not that I didn't want to spend it with my family, but women and mothers are giving everything out. And so I got, I spent that Mother's Day as I wanted to with you and it was really beautiful and wonderful. And I also want to share because we've had this podcast now, we been talking about all these foods that despite knowing each other for 15 years, there are these things that you have taught me and shared with me that, you know, in some ways, like one of the things I wrote down that I want to make with you is the cottage cheese pasta because it's such an intimate meal, right? It's this thing that is like that you don't Instagram, this thing that you kind of eat alone. And I tried to make those noodles and I was like, surely this is not how she makes them. (laughs) Like I want to be in your kitchen when you're making them and experience that food of yours. And then I was like, maybe we can make something with beets too. (laughs) That's been one of my quandaries, right? Okay. You're thinking about what to bring and what can you possibly bring? And you're not a baker and feeling stumped. And I'm like, we have talked about so many things on this podcast that I'm meant to make for you someday (laughs) and vice versa. I don't mean it's like one-sided. And I was like, what are they? Suddenly like my mind went blank. I was like, what am I supposed to make, Carrie? I kind of remember talking about beets. So I'm glad you said noodles and cottage cheese. I think I have to take notes during this call. I started a list because the other thing that made me so excited, and we recorded a whole episode about this, about having lunch at home Mm -hmm. and how I came to your house one time 
time, you and I were working on, I don't know, a food styling project or something. And we just, our work happened to take us over the lunch hour. And you and Jonathan made this beautiful, simple lunch, which was not simple at all. My world, if I have an apple and peanut butter like that will get me through lunch. And you guys made this beautiful salad and this beautiful stir fry. And I was, oh, I just want to have like a lunch like that at their house. Like, I'm so thrilled to be able to do that. Can get Jonathan to make us lunch one day. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. You're coming for a longer stay. Last time it was just like a weekend. Maybe it was like yeah. two nights, three days, something like that. Yeah. And you're coming now for like five days, right? Yeah. 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 You've, so, you've got me underfoot for a while. <laughs> no, we're happy and everyone's very excited. Jonathan's very excited. The cats are very excited. They love guests. And of course, I'm the most excited, but I've been thinking like, what are things that I don't want to put like too firm a schedule on us okay. because I want it to be like kind of fluid and, and see what comes up. But like, I just had made a list of all the possible things, like just so I have something to reference. <laughs> I did it in categories, restaurants, not the every restaurant we have to go to, but right. I just wanted a list of restaurants that I, when you and I are like, oh, maybe we should go out to lunch and see yeah. what in, totally. That I've already pre-thought of like, these are places I would take Carrie to that I think she would like. Okay. Then I, and the, in the restaurant category, I started thinking about reservations. Like, should we go to one nice meal while you're here? Something right. unusual. I have a reservation can I, for can us. Can I just stop you there? Can I yeah. tell you something that also just made me think about it? I don't even remember what episode this was from, but you were talking about how one week you guys went to get like Thai food in your neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. And I would want to eat there. <laughs> See, this is why it's important to have this conversation because again, yeah. you know, so actually I'm glad you said that too, because one of the places I made a reservation at and then promptly canceled the next day was this wonderful Italian restaurant. It's wonderful. It's delicious. And then I was talking to Jonathan, I was, it's kind of like where you take your parents when you're in, when they're in town. <laughs> it is one of Portland's best restaurants, but is that where Carrie and I need to go? Yeah. Maybe Carrie and I need to go somewhere I've never been, you know, that I've heard about that I've been curious about that I think she would be curious about. I want to pitch it to you because okay. I can also cancel this reservation. Okay. I won't offend any of the local people involved in this in this restaurant. So there's a, a it's not binary. It's like you, these are places that you like. So if you yeah. don't make it there, it's okay. Yes, we'll go there. So there's a place called Han Oak and they have this prefix menu. It's a Korean restaurant. And it's one of the most famous restaurants in Portland. Like, you know, that show Everybody Eats Phil. He went to Han. Like, everyone comes right. to Han Oak. Maybe right. Bourdain came to Han Oak. Right. The chef is very well known. And I actually went to his other restaurant recently. I had a mixed meal. Like, oh, I had no. some things that were unbelievably incredible, mind-blowing, and other things that were like, hey, like, I'm not sure about this, which I was so surprised by. Right. So I met a, made a reservation at this place. That seems like such a cool experience for us to do together. And this is such a cool time of year when you're going to a place that is acknowledging, is really cooking in a seasonal way. That to me creates like a snapshot of the timing of me coming to you in the summer is different than coming in the spring. And well, you're coming like literally during solstice. Yes. So yeah. not only is it going to be light to like 10 p.m. Oh here, God. which is different for you, yeah. but also like, so yeah, this chef of Hanok, I have seen him at my Wednesday market often. Like that's where he which is going planning, by. We're planning to do. We're planning to go spend the morning. Well, Carrie can't come to town and not come to the Wednesday market with me because the Wednesday Portland Farmer's Market at Chemiansky Park is like my summer. It's my May through October temple, like ritual. Uh, like I call it church. I'm right. Like, I'm going to church today. <laughs> you know, you've been with me to the 
Portland State Market, which is a massive market. It's huge. It's yes. like sprawling, whatever. This one is a tiny market, but it's a market where I know so many people and meet so many. So I've already asked friends of the show to come <laughs> say hi to you oh at the market. God. We're going to get all our produce because obviously, and we're going to get coffee from my friend Francis, who runs this incredible coffee company called Exilier. He has a stand at the market. Wow. We're going to get some berries that we eat on the spot from the stand called Pheasants Eye. I love their berries. Because you know I love to walk around the market and eat berries. We're going to eat berries walking around. Wait, we might the rice balls? The rice balls. So we're okay. going to get- That's another thing I wrote down. I was like, I want to have a rice ball. And then I also want to have that beet spread. There's this woman who she's, makes- Yeah, she's not going to be at that market, okay. but we can, we can hunt that down. Okay. I'm really excited. I think- the thing that I'm most excited about is just doing the everyday things that you're doing, like being a part of your everyday life, us having a coffee together in the morning and then looking through some of my pictures and it's like, where are you getting your pastries? We could go get pastry and a cup of coffee together. And when I went to see you last time, that was the first time I'd ever been to Portland. And just walking through the streets and seeing just the lovely neighborhood that you live in. And oh, I also want to go walk by those blue blackberry bushes. In your neighborhood. Well, well, the the raspberries are raspberries. coming in just perfect timing. I picked my first few raspberries around the corner yesterday and I was like, oh, and that just means there's more to come. And I was thinking, oh, this is such a Amazing timing that you're coming here just as they're ripening. Yes. And then we can also go take a walk in the Reed College Canyon, which is somewhere I, I walk a lot. And there we'll find mulberries. There might be a few salmon berries left. We'll see. There almost certainly are going to be thimble berries. Oh, so you're yeah. coming at a great time. I saw black currants growing just like on the side of the road the other day. And there's a lot of berry activity right now. I'm thrilled to experience that because that's not a part of my childhood. And that's not a part of my experience in Los Angeles. We don't have that. The closest thing that I've ever gotten to that is one summer we lived in Vancouver and we would walk through this park and pushing Mac in a stroller. And and I noticed that there were blackberry bushes and they were just like wild blackberries. And I was like, ah, can we eat these? And then we just did. And they were so good. That so is so Northwest. Yeah. Like this, this idea of just walking around, like eating fruit off of the trees. It's amazing. There's a place called Salvi Island. I've always wanted to take you to. It's There's a lot of farmland there. Yeah. And, and um, But there's also beaches like, right along the river. And it looks like it's going to be a mixed weather week, but it looks like it's going to get pretty warm towards the end of the week. So it's like, that's a perfect time to go visit Savvy Island. And another one of our listeners lives there. And she's she said, we're welcome anytime at her place. And she lives right on the beach. So we're going to maybe make a pit stop there. But I have a list. And I was like, yeah, I could set a schedule for us. And I could say, okay, this day we're doing this and this. The only thing that has to be scheduled is a farmer's market farmer's because market. that can't move, right? Yeah. And maybe a reservation at this place because you have to reserve in advance. Everything else, I just wanted to be like, okay, here are places that I've thought about Carrie enjoying over the many years you know and here are foods I thought Carrie might enjoy and then I think we get to like sort of choose our own adventure once you arrive you know all that sounds special and equally special would be us making like a roast chicken together you know you making the roast chicken that you do with leeks and sweet potatoes and I made a version of that a few months ago, but does my version taste like yours? I don't know. I'd love to do like a sheet pan dinner together because that's something that I know you do a lot of. And 
that's a place that I'm interested in continuing to explore. Maybe we should do a tofu dinner together. I was just about to say, do you want a tofu dinner? Maybe a tofu sheep hand dinner. Should we combine them together? It's a good question. It's good. it's good to have this list. I think this is my list of possible restaurants because you're giving me a list of possible meals. We don't have to commit to any of these. We might not be in the mood for roast chicken. Right. But like we, you know, so I think it's good. I, I want to hear more. What other things are you, I've always wanted to try your version of this. Well, I think it would be really fun to make a galette together. Oh. I think it could unfold really easily after we go to the farmer's market. I kind of lose my mind when I go to a farmer's market. I just buy things and figure them out later. And whatever fruit exists there, we can buy fruit and make a galette or make a cristata or something like that. It could be really fun. Were there like a salad? Was there a tuna salad, potato salad? Or was there one of the salads that we kept talking about? Well, there's this thing that you tried to pitch me on, which I'm still very skeptical about, which is peas in a jar. Oh, jarred peas. Oh, oh, we should go to the Russian market. Oh, yes. Go to the Russian market where they have the, is it the Palmini? Palmini, yeah. You have to ask for the one. Secret stash. Yeah, the secret stash of the Palmini. Let's do that for sure. I need to re-up my supply. So that's perfect. We could also make Palmini. We can get a um, bottle of peas or whatever where you make jarred peas. I was just reading an article, not an article, it was in one of my cookbooks, a newer cookbook on Ukrainian food. And there was something about the importance of jarred peas. And it wasn't just they like the flavor, but it was, it's very interesting. So jarred peas symbolized a sort of, in a way, a decadence because things were so limited in the former Soviet Union. You know, food was so scarce or you couldn't just get whatever you wanted at whatever time. And so certain things were kind of seen as luxury items and jarred peas of course, they're not caviar. While peas were more prevalent, they were still like saved for celebratory occasions. And so the salad, the potato salad with the jarred peas, right. salad Olivier is typically made on New Year's, which was New Year's was the big celebration of the year. It's bigger than any other holiday because there was no Christmas nationally because it, you know, communism doesn't have religion. Anyway, long story short, I was like, oh, it's not just that jarred peas tastes good to people. It's a symbol of something. Well, it seems like it's a symbol of saving things, like holding this thing back that's special. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I really love about just that idea, and it's funny, I was thinking about this this morning because I had some dried peaches, like I was eating them on my way to work this morning. And it is also peach season. And so I was like, there's there's something that's funny about this, like eating dried peaches, but it's Part of what that is is an intention, right? In peach season, you have the mindfulness of saving this thing to be eaten later on. In the summer, there are peas, but it's like we've sort of just passed the prime pea, English pea season. If you had the mindfulness in that moment to set some of those aside, to preserve them, and then to wait that many more months to consume them. It's really interesting. Yeah. And then I was even, you know, we could buy a secret stash of pilmeni. We could also make some. I would be happy to make pilmeni with you. It's a fussy thing to do, even for me. It's like, it's not that it, it's one of the fussier recipes. And I, and you know, I've never made it with anyone else except for maybe like hovering around my grandmother, pretending to help. Actually making it with someone might be a fun process. I think it's meant to be made with some. I think dumplings are meant to be made yeah. with other people. What about piroshkis? Are they meant to be made? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or for your friends when they come to visit you? I'll make a piroshki. <laughs> Okay, that that leads to another one of my questions, and it's something I ask 
you know, all my guests before they come. Is there anything you need, especially in the morning? Like I, know- I need coffee. That's well, it. See, that's important to know. Yeah. I need coffee. It, you're going to laugh at this. I like diner coffee. I like black coffee. I'll drink any version of black coffee that exists. So you're not going to take – I didn't. I thought you were a black coffee drinker. Yeah. You're not going to take any cream. You don't need almond no. milk. You just want – yeah. We have you covered on coffee. We have extra bags of coffee. We're yes. so set on our coffee. I know you have a strong coffee game at your house, so I'm not worried yeah. about that at all. We're going to stock you up. You're going to be well supplied. Okay. <laughs> so coffee, is there anything else that like you need to have around you? No, not at all. I'm, I'm up for the adventure of all of it. It is a funny question though to ask people because also I think sometimes people are shy about saying, you know, I know Jonathan's shy about saying, like he yeah. really is very particular about his breakfast. It, it basically, he needs oatmeal or granola or something like that. Right. I don't know if he would tell you that in advance of visiting you. Now I know that. So when he comes to visit, <laughs> I'll have those things available for him. But I think in some ways, you and I are really talking about this in real time. I think we forget because you do these things kind of automatically every day, you forget that you do them or that you need them and forget these little things that you sort of take for granted, which is also part of the beauty of travel, right? It's yeah. like you get yourself out of your routine. Yes. And if you've forgotten something, it becomes an opportunity to experience something new. Something I've learned is to keep asking myself the question like, what's one new thing I can do each day or what's one thing I can do differently rather than new? Actually, what's one thing I can do differently each day? Because making changes leads to different results, especially if you're feeling like stuck, you know, that's especially when I ask myself this, but even like when I'm taking a walk or driving to the store, sometimes, okay, I'm going to take a different route than normal just to like mix it up. You know, they suggest, I think for your brain, even sitting in different places at the table or like constantly just mixing up your routine. So travel is such the ultimate way to do that because everything is different and everything is out of your routine. As the host, you're wanting to make someone feel comfortable and rooted. So even though I'm saying that, I'm also like, well, but Carrie, okay, so you need coffee, but do you have other drinks that you always have around? Like, do you need to have kombucha or sparkling water or? No, I'm like a black coffee drinker and I drink a ton of water, wine here and there. You know, in the summer, if it's really hot, like an iced tea or something like that. But generally speaking, it's just like I bring my water bottle everywhere I go and I need coffee to get my day started. And that's kind of it for drinks for me. Amazing. Maybe a Coca-Cola in the afternoon occasionally. That's like- But that's like if you're out. You're not like stocking your house with Coca-Cola. It's like if I'm out and about snack in the afternoon, a can of peanuts and a sweet Coke. A can of peanuts. (laughs) Yeah. You grab a can, you go into like a mini mart and you get- Coke and peanuts. Yeah, that is no that, way. That, by the way, that's totally my dad. That's like a snack that my dad would always have. And one of the things that my dad also used to eat a lot of, he probably still does, is we would come home from church like on Sunday. He would have this mid morning snack of like saltine crackers with peanut butter on them. Yeah, and a can of Coke. What so a what good. a glorious snack! I mean, what I a glorious snack. I'm a big fan of saltines and peanut butter. I'm a big fan of uh, graham crackers and peanut butter. So so. So good. Well, I have this other question too. <laughs> now I'm like, I'm really getting into the details of your trip. You're arriving at one in the afternoon. Yeah. 
which is, are you bringing snacks on the plane? How are you thinking about food that day? Are you going to not eat till you arrive? Are we going straight to get lunch somewhere? Are you renting a, a car? Right? That's a really good question. Yeah, we, we should think about that because one of the things that I like to do when I go on trips is I like to plan my meals so that I don't get to a meal and then kind of waste it. Now I'm at LAX. I'm just going to get like a random breakfast sandwich or something. When you plan ahead, it makes it so much more special and enjoyable. So I guess that's a good question. That's something to really think about is should I eat something at home so that or pack something at to take with me. I always pack food on a plane no matter what, no matter the time of day, always. I will not not get on a plane without food. And it just is, I don't know, just because maybe this is like an Soviet immigrant kind of thing. I always feel like I also see other immigrant communities with whole meals on planes and I feel like a a connection to them. This is how we always traveled because you could never like really trust what the food was. Back then you would always get a meal on an airplane, but you didn't know if it was going to be edible really. Right. And And, and oftentimes, it's sad and it's oftentimes sad and plastic and right you know or for us it wasn't kosher or whatever and and then you just also don't know like how long things will take or when you'll be hungry so I guess we just never got on planes or like long car rides without food so I still do that to this day I tend to pack very nutrient dense but satisfying things for planes. If I know I'm going to need a whole meal on a plane, that's different than if I like I just am bringing snacks. Sometimes I just bring snacks, you know, quinoa patties if I'm really ambitious because those are so good for traveling or, you know, mixed nuts and and dates, that kind of stuff. All in that family. But if I know I'm going to have to have a meal on a plane because I don't like sad airport sandwiches or airplane sandwiches, then I like to pack a full lunch. So I'm packing, usually it's turkey sandwiches, sliced vegetables, like a mix of whatever seasonal vegetables I have, carrots, celery, but also like maybe snap peas or peppers or radishes, That's whatever so we have. Elevated. I can't even get over how elevated that is. I might take a pack of nuts and like some dried fruit that I have in my pantry, maybe. By the way, you sent me off. When I left LA, you sent me with food on the plane. You made me a yes. peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You also packed me some really good peanuts, incredible peanuts and raisins because you wanted me to try them. Yes. It oh, wasn't because- We are out of those right now. We, we eat those by the jar. Like they're so good. They're so, which ones are they again? We get them from North Carolina. I, we can link to them. I think, I think that's where they come from, North Carolina or South. Carolina. I don't understand how these people make such crunchy, delicious peanuts. They fry them. They're called blister fried. They were super good. And I think you sent me with some fruit. I think you sent me with strawberries and maybe like a quiche mandarin. You sent me away with stuff. As you're saying that I did that for you, my dad always sends us, when we leave my parents' house, my dad always makes us little little sandwiches, depending on what what time of year we're at their house. But usually the little sandwiches are like a little ham sandwich, that's like a little bun with like a little bit of ham on it. And then some Chex Mix. That's usually what we're leaving my parents' house with. And I remember there was a period of time, probably in my 20s or early 30s, where I just thought I knew everything. And I was like, ugh, dad, I don't even need your ham sandwiches anymore. <laughs> and then inevitably, I would get on the plane and and James and I would look at each other and we'd be like, oh, now we're hungry. And then we would pull out the ham sandwiches and be so happy that my dad sent us with ham sandwiches. So I could just um, like, you're never going to be mad at a little sandwich packed no. away on a trip. And in fact, Jonathan is the kind of person, we, we laugh about this, so I don't think he'll mind that I'll, I say this. Like, if he gets into the car and it's a road trip, like even if it's like, 40, he's immediately hungry. He's hungry within the first five minutes 
because it's just the experience on of a road yeah. trip triggers for him snacking. The second we get on a plane, he's hungry. So if he's always like, what do you got? What do we have? What can I have? Like the second we're on the plane, because I've packed everything. He hasn't even seen me do it. My friend Jamie, her mom was from India. I would imagine that uh, Nani would say the same thing that you did, which is like she never gets on a plane without bringing her own food. And at one point, Jamie gave me these, they were almost like a tortilla. It was like this flatbread that she made. And then there was like a chutney that she made. And I remember eating it for like three days for lunch. It was so delicious. And she's like, yeah, my mom just makes this every time she gets on a plane because she doesn't like the food on the plane and she's a vegetarian and she's also this amazing cook. And so I think it's such a good question of like, what are you taking when you travel to kind of elevate that experience? Part of me is LA to Portland is not even that far. Can't I just make it? But you're you're going to be in the airport for at least an hour or longer. You know, then you're taxiing. Like it's, it's not a long flight, but it's, you know, a chunk of time. Enough. Yeah. yeah. Why be miserable? The next question is, are you are you renting a car or are you or am I picking you up? You can pick me up, but I do think I'm going to rent a car so that I don't know. I can't. It's not at the airport. Is that where you rent the car? I mean, you can rent a car other places, I'm sure. Right. Um, that's probably the place to get it. It's the easiest. Yeah. All right. I got to figure that out too. Well, this has been lovely. I can't wait to hug you. I can't wait to eat with you. I can't wait to have cottage cheese pasta with you. I'm so excited <laughs> to see you. Oh my God, I can't wait. So, so excited and have the best time this weekend. Okay, sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being our food friend. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, leave us a review and share this episode with friends. We love hearing from you. So follow us on Instagram or drop us a line at foodfriendspodcast.com. Yes, we'd love to hear from you and your food friends. Happy cooking and eating. Happy cooking and eating.